hello and welcome to the supply chain podcast thank you for tuning in don't forget to come back every friday for new episodes featuring leaders in the supply chain on this week's episode i'm joined by bruce dahlgren ceo of metric stream now for those who don't know metric stream is the independent market leader in enterprise and cloud applications for governance risk compliance and quality management so I've got a really exciting podcast for you guys today. We're going to be covering topics such as COVID, the Suez Canal disruptions, and kind of how to pandemic proof the future of the supply chain. So firstly, Bruce, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Doing well. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I was just wondering if you kind of start by introducing yourself and of course, about you being the CEO of Metricstream. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure, sure. So Bruce Dahlgren, and uh, I've uh, been in the high tech industry here for over three decades. So I've had a chance to see a lot of the ebbs and flows in supply chain during that that time. Uh, most recently, just about a year ago, I joined Metricstream as the CEO. And uh, we're just really excited about the things that are happening here at Metricstream. Um, I, I think the way that I would say it is this company has a rich heritage, a great legacy, really the inventors of the GRC segment, you know, this whole govern, governance, risk and compliance. And what we've done over the last year, largely using the pandemic timing, is really reimagine the business. And we've come out with uh, new branding, some great new solutions, a lot of energy as a company. And uh, it's all really predicated on making risk strategic. You know, in the past, people, uh, I think they, they thought of risk as something to avoid or something to fear. And the reality is, is that you want to turn risk into something strategic. So our, our new tagline is Thrive on Risk. And it fits brilliantly with, with uh, the supply chain uh, things that we're going to discuss. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to kind of pick up on something you mentioned there about um, kind of reinventing what you did kind of based on COVID and taking advantage of that. And I think it's interesting to think about um, the catalyst of innovation that COVID has been. So that could be something we maybe touch on later. But I'm wondering if you could um, tell us what solutions you provide um, within the supply chain. Sure. Yes. Um, and, and you're exactly right. You know, uh, I've learned throughout my, my lengthy career that you never let a crisis go without some capitalizing, uh, you know, trying to leverage this time to reimagine your business, think through it. And, and these things are often a chance to be reflective of, of the business. And, and uh, I'm really excited about what, what we've done during this period. For the supply chain, I would say there are really two things. And the way I would describe it is we have uh, the industry leading risk platform, an integrated risk platform, and we call it metric stream platform. And basically, this is an opportunity then to be able to collect all of the different data and sources uh, information to be able to help companies be able to manage risk. The specific product that we have that's built on our platform is around third party risk management. And this allows companies to go very specifically into how to deal with third-party risk, be able to leverage all of these different sources. And you know, and I know that it's not something as simple as you have all the information. It's complex because you have to go to data sources, both structured and unstructured data sources that are outside the customer, uh, you know, their normal IT systems. So they've got to be able to go in and pull all this together to help them manage. So um, we, we, we have uh, leading products in this area. 
Amazing. Yeah. And so um, today's topic of the conversation is going to be on disruptions and kind of risk management. So we'll we'll kind of dive into that now. I want to ask um, over the past year with the, the COVID pandemic, um, I, I want to get your opinions on how you think the supply chain has changed, as well as how we've kind of taken advantage of these disruptions. Sure. Well, you know, I think it's inherent actually in the name. You know, we think of risk management. People talk about risk management. But I really like to think of it as integrated risk management. And the reason why I say that is in the world that we work today, in this global uh, environment, it is truly all integrated. And you can't just manage one piece. You can't just say that I've got this under control. There's, there's no true firewall anymore. The reality is, is all of these data sources, all of these aspects of a supply chain are all fully integrated. And I think this is really the, the big challenge for companies now is how do, you, how do you manage all of that complexity? And candidly, I think the pandemic has really um, may, maybe accentuated or, or exaggerated this whole aspect of being able to, to manage through this. And simple things like labor issues you know, getting people to work. I mean, just think of how things have changed in how we uh, get food to our homes or, you know, all of these different aspects. But then you take it from there and you go into the complexity of a manufacturing company. You're dealing now with some third-party suppliers that might be out of business or having labor issues or different aspects uh, globally. And so I think that the pandemic has really put forefront, uh, put shed light on this whole aspect of supply chain management and uh, and how it's connected into this integrated risk management piece. Absolutely. And I mean, I've spoke to a few people on the podcast and they have they share the same opinion, of course, that now um, this kind of risk management is part of everyday business. And it and it needs to be because, um, of course, COVID, you know, we didn't expect it. We, we were not planned. It wasn't planned and we weren't really prepared for it. So I'm wondering if you could kind of touch on um, how risk management is now part of everyday business considerations and kind of how companies discuss this. Sure. Well, you know, there's so many examples. Um, I reflect back living in Asia uh, for many years. I remember we had uh, floods in Thailand and, and Thailand, I'm not sure a lot of people realize, but is a major factor in supply chain, especially in the high tech industry, uh, shipping and, and um, assembly and different aspects. And, you know, that was one isolated thing. So, so you could say, okay, I'm going to address that by finding alternatives. Now, in many cases, it caused problems, right? And it was a big impact, but there were alternatives. All of a sudden, you have a global pandemic, and this issue is everywhere. You have a flood in Thailand times thousands. You know, it's, it's the magnitude of this impact. And candidly, we're not through it yet. In fact, I think from my perspective, one of the, the big challenges next in this pandemic is going to be the supply chain, the logistics, because a lot of companies just like us, we've continued to sell. We've continued continued to integrate um, or interact with our customers, be able to continue to, to drive the business. Now, all of this supply chain piece has to come behind and be able to deliver. And I think there's going to be ripple effects. The Suez Canal uh, is, is a great example. You know, um, here was just one aspect. And look at the ripple effect that's happened. And, you know, candidly, although that was a very visible, very public scenario, that's happening all over the world right now. 
Yeah, and it's a really interesting point thinking about how um, obviously COVID has been a global issue, but it it's hit different places at different times and that can affect the supply chain um, because obviously the supply chain as well, as we know, is very global. And um, these disruptions, like you mentioned, the Suez Canal was um, extremely detrimental. Um, so touching on that, I'm wondering if you could kind of touch on how this could have been avoided and how we manage the repercussions from this. Sure. Well, you know, there's so many there's so many different factors and we, we could cover a lot of different aspects to this. I, I think we just as a business, um, as a global economy, we just need to expect the fact that there are going to be situations like this. Right. It's it's human nature. It's the way business is run. It's messy and things are going to happen. Uh, now, this was pretty dramatic, but uh, I think we can assume that you're never going to be able to avoid all of those. So the secret for a business or in this case, shipping and the supply chain is to is to anticipate what if scenarios then be able to manage that circumstance, whatever it is, the best you can but then also be able to learn from this so that um, you know you can uh, continue to improve how you how you deal with situations like this and there are clearly companies that had integrated risk management you know capabilities that once they realized this was happening were able to divert uh, shipping were able to adjust to the circumstance mm -hmm. and actually capitalized on it you know, I mentioned early on about turning risk into a strategic advantage, but I think the Suez Canal, as bad as it was, and and as much as it impacted and, and the, the, the monetary impact here was significant, what it actually did is it really highlighted for companies whether they had an integrated risk management answer to this. How, how quick were they able to adjust? And then you had others literally just waiting for this to open up versus some companies that had the capability being able to divert and, and adjust and be able to capitalize on it. So it's, uh, I think it's a great learning for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. And um, touching on that slightly as well, I'm wondering um, what, what impact did this have on supply chains kind of thinking differently about sea freight transport and kind of using that as an option and maybe thinking about uh, sourcing locally here as well. What opinions were changed due, due to the Suez Canal um, disruption? Sure. Actually, the, the whole canal situation is almost a metaphor for uh, the changes that have taken place during COVID and, and this last year. Because every company out there, one way or the other, as they tried to sustain their business and get through weather the storm, had to go find new partnerships. So it was almost kind of a reset to some degree um, in a very challenging sort of way, um, because all of a sudden you realize that you weren't going to be able to just maintain everything that you were doing within your supply chain or within your partner programs. And so it forced companies to go and look for new alliances. The other thing that I would tell you I, I find is that we typically look at third party management, meaning I'm kind of one step removed. I want to be able to manage uh, that aspect of my, of my supply chain or logistics. However, there is really a fourth party out there as well. And I think companies uh, during this period of time started realizing that they can't just re rely on that one partner. They needed to start understanding who's those partners were working with. 
you know, party aspect. And I think it just created a much more awareness in this scenario. Let me give you an example of the microprocessor shortage that we have. You know, obviously there were shortages. We talked earlier about toilet paper and things like that. But this microprocessor shortage is a great example. Think of the amount of industries that this ripples through. It's not just the actual computer itself, a laptop or a desktop that, that needs these processors. It's automobiles and I could go on and on and on. And all of a sudden you start to realize that this entire ecosystem has completely been disrupted over the last year. My personal opinion is I think, I think it's great because I think it forced companies to start looking at this thing and saying, let me just not rely on this. Let me start making it a strategic advantage. Yeah, and I think it's it was funny timing the disruption um, in the Suez Canal because it was almost like a test. It was like a second test to see and, and question businesses and enterprises to be like, have you managed to pivot because of COVID and are you ready for future disruptions? It was it was it was funny timing, and I think kind of my question is, um, how successful do you think supply chain businesses were in? in kind of taking advantage of the COVID um, pandemic and, and being a bit more resilient in that? I, I, think, I think it's mixed. I think that there were mm -hmm. some companies, and we'll see them emerge post-pandemic, very successful because they were able to have this integrated platform or this, this knowledge, this, this data and information. I think you'll have clear winners and losers, mm -hmm. without a doubt. But I, I would tell you, I, I think there's a ripple effect in this whole supply chain that we haven't actually seen uh, yet. And, and what I mean by that is, is that just like Metricstream, we've continued to keep our business moving. But now all of a sudden, you've got people trying to come back to work. You've got a lot of logistics now that are starting to come back, uh, you know, air travel, all the, the different aspects of, of logistics. And I don't know if we've seen truly the, the end result or the true impact of what the pandemic has done. And there will clearly be new innovation and new advancements. Let me, let me give you an example. You know, in the past, from a risk standpoint, and you could look at any of these examples we've, we've given, we tended to look at those like red, yellow, green. You know, was it okay? Should you be a little concerned or is it disaster? And, you know, okay, not so bad. But the reality is now all the way up to CEOs, CFOs, you know, top executives of companies are wanting to be able to quantify that. Mm -hmm. Give me examples. Like if I have a boat sitting waiting to get through the Suez Canal, what's it costing me? Now, we can understand that because we have the basic factors of that ship and, and cargo, et cetera. But think if you could go back and start doing what if scenarios, quantifying if I moved it here or I did this, what would what would be the outcome? And that goes back to this whole integrated risk management, being able to actually start quantifying risk so that you're actually making informed decisions all the way back into uh, you know, the financials of the company. And so I, I, it's really neat the way that I think the software applications have evolved now to start quantifying this whole risk aspect. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I suppose taking a bit of a wider look and, and at the supply chain as a whole um, and thinking about where we are right now, what current state, I mean, would it be fair to say we're in the recovery state still? Um, are we kind of moving on to um, being beyond that and being uh, kind of post-pandemic um, 
kind of you know that stage where we're out of it now we're, we're back on track um what are your opinions on that do you think we still have a little way to go well you know it, there's a human nature part to this and we see it in in restaurants and and other aspects you know i think everybody's really a fatigue over this pandemic and ready to get back and there's there is a business fatigue as well mm -hmm. i think you know companies are ready to get back into it um i think we will see my personal opinion, it's we still have months ahead of us before we really get back into a, a more normal kind of environment. And I think the supply chain will be a ripple effect that will last for quite some time, uh, mm -hmm. candidly. But I think what's most interesting to me, and, and you go back to uh, other crises, you know, the 2008, 2009 subprime loan crisis, mostly financial markets, but uh, there were a ripple effect for years that happened after that. And this is on a whole nother scale because you've got health issues, you've got technology factors, work from home, all of these, these things and the, the financial impact. I think there will be a ripple effect long-term. I, I would tell you, I, I was, this is a while ago, but I was reading this um, study about how companies change their positioning in, in ranking coming out of a crisis. And I don't think that this pandemic will be any exception to that. I think what we will find in different industry segments, that there's quite a shift of who were the leaders and who are now coming in with new disruption and, and, and taking a leadership role. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously you mentioned having um, a few months still until things change, but I think it's interesting to think about um, within those months, these companies are going to have to go back to how they were maybe a few years ago, obviously now in covid um, things like bulk, um, you know, bulk shipping and bulk packaging, everything was changing. We didn't need little packets of ketchup anymore. We needed big bottles for when people come and, you know, collect their delivery because that was how it was, right? Curbside pickup and stuff. So I think it's interesting that companies are now going to have to pivot again. And um, I wonder what the, the kind of impacts of that are going to be. So do you have anything else to add on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's it's like any any environment. Um, it, you know, in a software industry, we're able to be pretty effective building software products from a home environment. Mm -hmm. um, but there are not every industry is like that. And so, you know, getting the whole labor aspect back into working, uh, opening backup factories, opening up shipping, um, and and. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the companies respond here. I think one, one comment that I would make on this is an excellent question. If in a perfect world, the pandemic would start and stop for everybody simultaneously, but it doesn't happen like that. Mm -hmm. And if you look at India and Brazil right now, where they're having a spike um, of, of COVID situations, I mean, very sad in the situation. And so you're finding different economies and regions and, and even certain vertical industries being able to rebound at different stages. And I think that that creates disruption as well, because um, companies will start looking for alternatives, um, you know, uh, because of, of the length of time in the pandemic. Something I'm kind of curious to ask you, actually, is how... Um... Metric stream kind of handled the the COVID pandemic. I know I've I've been working from home. I mentioned to you earlier. I started this podcast in the pandemic, and I'm still doing it in the pandemic, um, ten months on. So I'm wondering, um, how was your kind of work from home situation, and and how did you pivot in in these times? Well, it, it's um, 
yeah, it's an interesting question. And it's, it's kind of fun to reflect on this, you know, starting as a CEO, literally um, last year in the, the, you know, the height of this whole pandemic, um, you know, you have thousands of employees and, and they're global. I mentioned India, we have a wonderful group uh, there in Bangalore, very large. And um, I think realistically, I've probably only been in proximity in person with 10 of, of the employees. And so it, it's, I think, I think leaders in general really have to stretch on the communication capabilities. Um, we've done a lot of interesting things around round tables. We've done different aspects to try to keep uh, employees connected um, in, in, these, in these ways. But um, it, it is, when you think about it, leading an organization like this and you, you really can't be together, um, it's, uh, it's very different because I, I think a lot of leaders like myself, we, we rely on that interpersonal connection, you know, being with people and being able to influence and motivate. And it's really created a lot of new techniques and styles in order to do that. And we've had some we've had some exciting uh, contests and you know different things um, uh, as a company. We just did a whole series of kickoffs starting our new fiscal year. I would say that uh, I'm proud of what we've done because we didn't just weather the storm. We used this period of time to reimagine the business. You know what kind of new techniques could we do around sales, our go to market, our channels. You know, we talk about partnerships and all that. Well, how can we go and use this time to, to build that? A lot of great new innovation is being forced. Right? If you think about it, the majority of risk happens at the front line. You know, if you think of a supply chain, how many people on a shipping dock see a risk? So then the question is, well, how do they notify somebody of that risk? Well, we've in, implemented now new mobility solutions where, and it got, again, unstructured data, so it could be video or pictures, and how do you start to be able to leverage that risk at the point of time in that frontline uh, resource? And so we've used this time to kind of reimagine the, the business and, and then also get closer to our customers. You know, you can actually get access to a lot of customers now through video conferencing, sometimes more than you could have when you had to fly there. And so we've just made a point to to reimagine this whole thing. Definitely. And I think it is important to mention the kind of innovation that has come out of COVID, no matter how, um, you know, silly it is. Sometimes we, we you know we have quizzes at work and I know some people do show and tells, but I mean, it's anything to just stay connected, really, isn't it? It's kind of we all miss it. So we, We've come a long way from worrying about the dog barking in the background. You know? Absolutely. It's I think it's it's very interesting. Obviously, um, we're doing this over Zoom now, but I mean, people have totally accepted that this is, you know, this is fine. This is how people communicate nowadays. And um, I kind of want to ask you, um, obviously, COVID has been a very horrible time for everyone and it's extremely sad, but. There are some things you can kind of take away from it um, when you look in, you know, look in the past and, and begin to reflect. So I'm wondering um, kind of how you think it was handled and as well, um, was there any positives that you actually managed to take out of it in terms of just being able to grow and and take these disruptions and to kind of take advantage of them, really? Sure. Well, you know, staying away from the political aspects or the health yeah. aspects, because, um, you know, there's a lot of sad situations uh, around the world with with the health side. But if you if you think of it from a technology standpoint, these things, uh, unfortunately, but these crises um, 
they, they create new innovation. And I could tell you that's true of Metricstream. I'm so proud of our R&D teams and our engineering teams because it starts to force you to think about things differently. I mentioned frontline risk awareness, but it's even more than that. It's starting to leverage artificial intelligence, machine learning, you know, new data sources now that can start being integrated into your risk management portfolio. And I think, I, I, I think it's brought risk to the forefront now, now, we all know that there will be new government regulations, you know, coming out of a pandemic and stimulus funding and things, and there'll be new compliance and audit. And those are somewhat obvious. But what a lot of people don't realize is, is all of the innovation that's come now just in how you and I are connecting today. But all of that stuff creates risk. You know, you know, having somebody work from home sounds like a great thing. But then you start realizing, wow, think of the magnitude of new risk potential you have from now this disparate workforce, all connecting into all of these aspects. And, and so I, I, I think that the, the next big wave, in my opinion, is this thrive on risk. It's, it's this fact that we realize whether it was the flooding in Thailand or the Suez Canal or, or how about solar winds, right? I mean, we could talk about all of these things that have happened during this past year in the pandemic. But it's starting to, to, to have people realize we can't stop that risk, but we can start leveraging it to help our business. And whether those are proactive things, whether we're solving operational issues or whether we're future learning, I think, I think that this pandemic has really given us a whole new digital mindset, you know, um, that being in the industry, the high-tech industry for so long, it's kind of a culmination of all the work that we did you know, from data processing and storage and networking. Now it's really all come together and it's, it's kept this world moving. Mm -hmm. I would tell you back to the supply chain though, there still are logistics. You still have to make something. You still have to assemble something. You still have to ship something. And um, I think there's a ripple effect here in this, in the supply chain that will, will happen for a few months here as we kind of get back to normal. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, it's a really it's a really good note to end on and kind of wrap everything up that we've been talking about today. Um, and I just want one last question, really. Is there anything else you'd like to add and share with our audience today? Well, you know, obviously, I'm proud of what we've done at Metricstream. But I would just say that I, I think if you look at any other situations um, that, that have been uh, maybe not quite to this scale, but I think that we've all learned the importance of the interaction uh, of people. And, um, and, and maybe this is very dramatic, but you kind of live this world saying, well, you know, I could be productive at home. But at some point, that fatigue of being away from people and not being able to interact and do those things, I think human beings were meant to be together. We were meant to interact. And I, I think that um, I think everybody's just kind of ready for that, that next stage. I can tell you as a leader, I can't wait to to fly to Bangalore and see all my, all my, you know, employees there and stuff like that. So, um, but uh, I, I think that, I think we will emerge much better out of all of this. Um, I think as a, as a global economy um, and I just hope that it ends soon. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, here in the UK, we mentioned it earlier, kind of before the podcast, but um, I'm back in the office and it's super exciting to be, um, just around humans again and even silly things like be surprised by how tall they are because you've only seen that seen them through a webcam and silly things like this it's just really exciting and um 
I, you know, we only can be positive for the future and, and look forward to what there is to come. And um, hopefully, you know, no other disruptions hit us anytime soon because this one has been a lot to handle already. So, um, yeah, just to wrap things up, thank you so much, Bruce, for, for you know, your time today and your insights. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Um, I hope our audience get some value out of this. I'm sure they will. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate it. Thanks, Emily. It was very nice to meet you and congrats on all the great work you're doing. Amazing. Thank you so much.